What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, man. Watching that introduction fire watching Debo Samuel get deep on someone. Trey Lance throwing a bomb. Like. A lot's going on in that video. A lot went on today, right, Rohan? Like, obviously, things happen today, right? Think something important, minicamp, something like that. What do you think? Yeah, man. I mean, football, continuing on. Debo Samuel, uh, obviously, in the video, he is a part of our thumbnail, a part of our title, because Debo Samuel, we had some interesting uh, – first time we've heard from him, right, this entire offseason. So, gave some interesting perspective. We'll get into that, but – like I said, football's back. It's the good part of the offseason. Minicamp day one always comes with some news. You know what I mean? A little flair to it. Always, man. Hey, shout out to 49ers Throwback, man. Appreciate you always. Uh, one of my favorite guys on, on Twitter, YouTube. Shout out to you, my man. Um, so, minicamp's important. It's not that important, obviously, because you have, obviously, training camp and the real games. But a lot of things happen, like... To me, I thought it was pretty intriguing because minicamp happens, everyone shows up, right? Like, right. that was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, I know people were kind of worried if um, Nick Bosa would show up. I knew he would show up. I just didn't, like, know if he would participate, which I knew he shouldn't. I'm glad he showed up. Glad he didn't participate. Go get your bag, bro. Don't let anyone tell you not to do your thing. Probably going to be the highest paid um defensive player in history um, once his deal is finally signed and sealed and delivered. What do you think about his comments when he was like, oh, not really worried about it. I I know I'll get what I, what I deserve. What, do, what are your thoughts on that? Nick Bosa understands that for him, money ain't an issue. What do I mean by that? It's not that he's like absolutely rich or whatever. No, he's rich. He is. But, you know, the point being, he's got this $17 million fifth year option that's fully guaranteed. He's got money. On top of that, he understands who he is as a player. He's going to get paid wherever he is, and that's going to be with the Niners. He's going to get paid. There's been reassurances from the front office. There's been reassurances, I'm sure, relate to him and personally. He's going to get paid. I don't think that that's uh, a, a worry at all for him. He understands, like, you know, I'm pretty sure it's not even on his mind that much. He understands he's just going to go through his regular workout regimen. And it's it's how you expected it. I mean, obviously, we had a little more of a fiasco with Debo Samuel last year with his trade request, and that obviously led to a huge distraction with him not only really performing in training camp until the second week, obviously coming in out of shape, led to something we'll talk about in a little bit. But Nick Bosa's not like that. I mean, he's been uh, working out the entire offseason in Florida. Joey Bosa said that at Chargers minicamp or training camp or whatever a few weeks ago. And mm-hmm. so Bosa's been doing his thing. I wasn't necessarily surprised. I think, I mean, everybody's there. But the good sign is, yeah, I mean, you know, we're a full go. It's not like there's any roster issues or anything like that. Trent is there. Javon Hargrave is there. 
he was the more interesting one. You know, you might anticipate him coming in a little earlier, but do I care about it that much? Not at all. I mean, it gives run for the younger guys, and that's a deep room there. Before you see the other guys understanding, you know what Javon Hargrave can do. So, you know, good signs for the 49ers. You've got your full roster there, the new look team, and Nick Bosa is there, as expected, just not playing. And it was, it was good to see Nick Bosa being there, man. Um, he's going to get paid $35 million a year as the start, right? Like, that's, like, where the, the line starts. Um, yeah. He's getting paid quarterback money, man. It's phenomenal to see um, a guy like Nick Bosa um, get paid. Um, Niners kind of have no other choice but to extend them. Um, like, that's... What else can you do? It's the freaking defensive player of the year, and he's not. It's not like he has any concerns. You talk about injury concerns; he's been there ever since the ACL tear, since he's gotten out of college. You talk about play concerns. I mean, he was the defensive player of the year. Had a he's had a hell of a, a hell of a career so far, and he's young. I mean, you can keep him for the next five years throughout his entire prime, and potentially even re up him after that. Yeah, he's he's one of those generational guys that. You you make sure you you make it work right like you don't nothing you do about that you make you make it work um, exactly you build around him defensively like that's something you do it's a no brainer um, for me the best part is he's still working like he still he knows there's much more like he understands that if he was to retire right now he's not a hall of famer like he only did a little portion and he said it before like I know every day I got to come in um, and this was a last year like in the sense of he was already like at 16 sacks, and they had asked him a question. He goes, I don't care what happens. I know I'm not good enough yet. I want yeah. to cement my legacy. And that's what the, the word he used was legacy. So for me, it's cool to see um, that he's still working and getting things going. Um, Greg is uh, con says, and he's a guy you don't worry about after he gets his money. Absolutely. You don't worry about him. You know he's going to continue to grind, unlike other players who – have recently had to, and it's a perfect set. Okay, let, um, let's not just throw, I mean, ample shade a little bit, but it's accountability. We'll talk about him in a minute, but yeah. Do you want to go to it straight to it now, or do you want to wait off on that? No, nah, we can go straight to it. I mean, so, you know, it's the, it's the topic of the hour. We got to go straight to it. Debo Samuel, and this is, this is something that even before his contract happened, like even like the negotiation happened, if you guys have followed me and you guys have known how I've talked for a while, I had said I would. I'm worried to extend uh, Debo Samuel because one, his body doesn't. It might not hold up, and two, he had came in sh- out of shape. His second was it his. What year did he go crazy? His second year. Uh, third year. Third. His second year, he came out of shape out in in to camp out of shape. Then too, he was working with Wes Walker, doing sprints and all that. He was out of shape. Yeah. People saw it as oh, he's wanting extra conditioning. No, it's that's not extra conditioning. That's someone being out of shape and having to work with the receiver coach to get back into shape. Um, and so to me, when that happened, I was like, that is a big red flag for a player who, when he gets paid, is he going to want to work? Is he going to want that extra, you know what, I want to be an elite all-pro player every single year? Well, contract negotiations came up. When you're about to get paid, you would think that you're working even harder because you're going to get that back. Like, you're literally... Instead, he came into camp out of shape. He yeah. looked hefty. He looked thick. Literally thick. Like, it, literally. The, if you the... guys have seen Marco's caption or, or uh, thumbnail, I mean, it tells you right there. And if you if you have not seen it, come over to Clutch Gene Sports for your Rohan's personal channel. Come over to Clutch Gene Sports real quick. Check out the thumbnail. Hit the subscribe button. You'll see what we're talking about. He was thick, right? 
yep. not trying to be, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about it or anything. Like he really was thick. He came into training camp overweight, worked his butt off, but injuries started piling up. Right, those injuries piled up never allowed him to really get into to fully get into shape. Right, it went into the season. Do you think that's something that? Because I know his his comments were like, well. The contract negotiations played a part in it. Was that a part? Did that play a part in him being out of shape, or is that him not working? Uh, like, are you saying the contract negotiation aspect, or what do you mean? Well, because he he so he did say, and I have to find that exact quote what he said, but he pretty much kind of like alluded to well the contract negotiations and stuff like that. It played a factor into me not being in my best shape. I think that that I think that that was a what do you call it? I think that played a part for sure because first of all you're not by the team you're not you're not even on a workout regimen spec like specified by the team you essentially are not communicating with the team during this portion of time and then when the trade request happened you know obviously there's a little bit of a a change uh in dynamic there as well and so there's all sorts of uh different communication i think yeah it definitely plays an aspect into it because um i mean we heard debo samuel he didn't work out with his teammates either. He was out in Florida uh, for for a portion of his uh, a portion of his off season, and he himself admitted he was out of shape. And I I think he talked about it right how it was a distraction, and I think that that distraction did play into his um, him coming into camp out of shape. We all saw it. He didn't come into camp and work the first week. He was conditioning the first week, and um, this is also after he signed his contract which was the second, the day one of the second week, I believe, of training camp. And so, you know, it took a little bit of a buildup, and that obviously airs on the side of caution, ends up not having the strongest season. Now, of course, there were some unfortunate injuries. You talk about the, the twist of the ankle, which seemed bad, ended up only being out three weeks. And Debo Samuels, he, he's a baller, right? It's not like he's not a guy who's going to shy away from contact. He's not a guy who won't give his all in terms of that aspect. But you did see some other elements where um, he also didn't improve. But specifically on the out-of-shape part, I do think, yeah, it had to have been a distract. Like, the distraction had to have played a part in it because – that's how we ended up being uh, uh like that's how we ended up not coming into camp uh in shape. See, I'm gonna disagree, man, in the sense of and I get what you're saying, like you're not around the facilities, so you can't work. I'm assuming the, you're saying that that's just how he's how he's been. Is that what you're gonna say? Well, not necessarily that. So year two, right? He came out of shape. Uh, it came into camp out of shape. That just he he carries himself thicker. He's just a thicker guy. Like he carries him, his body weight is usually heavier, but. He lives in like the I want to say he lives in the Baltimore area, like the Maryland area, right? Like so for me, he always goes back to train at home. He trains with a personal receiver coach, personal trainers and stuff like that. So it's like for me, it's like, well, how are you going to criticize how are you going to blame your contract negotiations when you're not the one negotiating the contract? You have an agent for that. Like I get it, it might play a factor mentally in the sense of like your mental health, like you don't know your job security, if you're going to have to be moving across country, you right. know, you know like that I, I get that like the mental health aspect of it, because it does play a part on, on take a toll on your body. But how can you say that it, that the contract negotiation affected how you trained? Like you still, either way, whatever team you go to, you still got to be in shape. You know what I mean? Like if he was traded to the jets, he would have showed up to the jets out of shape. So for yeah. me, it's like, you got to, as to me, as a pro athlete, you got to take care of your body, right? Like you constantly going working, like, that's what I didn't, that's what to me it didn't make sense when he, he used that um 
I do love that he said that him and Kyle Shanahan sat down. Um, they had a long, lengthy meeting, and they were pretty much talking about how, hey, this is what you looked like on tape last year. You looked sluggish. You did not look like yourself. And if you go look at the stats and you look at all the everything that happened, yeah, his 2021 self, he was an all pro. He had 1,300, I believe, 1,300 yards receiving, 1,400 maybe, maybe a little more. I might be wrong on, on the numbers exact, but he had over uh, 1,300, I want to say. It, you're saying his breakout year? 14, yeah, his breakout yeah, 1405, year. 1,405, 1,405 yeah. uh, so, yards, yeah. So 1,405, I want to say he had 300 rushing yards that year. Yep. Uh, and then last year, if I'm not mistaken, 600 receiving yards yeah. and then 400 maybe rushing yards. Nah, it was less than that. Not 400 for sure. He only had 630, uh, 32 rushing uh, receiving, receiving yards. Receiving. And then on the rushing side, it was only 232. So it's, it's even worse than I thought. I thought it was higher than that because I, I know we started using him as a, a running back in a way because they wanted to get the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so – to look at those numbers, that's a drastic drop. How do you drop that far from 1,400 to 632 yards? Being out of shape and your body starts to f- not necessarily fail you, but it starts to break down because you're not in the best shape, right? So for me, that is, is, is was the biggest issue, and I love that he's like, you know what? I'm never going to be that Debo again. I'm going to never put bad tape on film again. And I'm excited to see what Debo Samuel comes um, into camp looking like. Um, you don't just say those words and not hold yourself accountable because if he comes in out of shape, and the whole all the media is going to be on his ass. It'll be straight yeah. up. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that that's important, right? I talked about it in a Twitter space that we were just in. It's important for him to say he was out of shape and he, he he's that sense of acknowledgement. And I think that that's important because okay. – it, he, he's telling himself, I understand there's an issue with my workout regimen, with the way that he's going. The other part that I've got to say in terms of his accountability, though, he said, right, on tape, he looked sluggish. And that's something you and me pointed out on a, like, not on a weekly basis, but we pointed out how Debo Samuel, he's not as crisp with his, route, uh, with his routes run, and that changes the dynamic of the offense. There are certain plays where it looked like his effort level was not at 100%. So I'm very curious to see how that changes coming up this next uh, or this upcoming season, and also in training camp. Potato bow, a potato, potato, potato bow hammer has a great point. Uh, sorry if I butchered your name. Very good point. Um, this is this is a part of what I'm saying about the distraction. Yeah, like that that could be it. But either way, he was gonna get he, he was gonna get paid by a team, right? Like I get you don't want to get hurt, but then guess what? Coming into camp out of shape. You're gonna get hurt. Either way, if you're training, there's a possibility of you getting hurt. Like this year, if he's training, there's a possibility of him getting hurt. Like there's a possibility of if he gets hurt again, a possibility of that he might not get his second big payday at the age of thirty. Like let's be like being honest, like working his tail off right now, he could possibly hurt himself, and it could further that. So you you kind of gotta have that mentality of I'm not gonna don't think about that really and not want to have anything bad happen to you i get that um but either way coming in out of shape will get you hurt as well so for me that's an interesting thing he said um gabe gabe's niners him and Ayuk will be a top three duo this season i hope so really do if that happens that means our quarterbacks are lighting it up um we're winning games um 1770 scrimmage yards was around there shout out to steve o. supremo 
Um, shout out to Curtis McLeod. What's up, my man? And then shout out to Shay. We we're just in his one of his spaces with him talking. If you guys don't follow them on on Twitter, um, they're always having great spaces throughout the day. So if you work from home, you you drive, you commute to where you're going. Make sure you're tuned in with them too, because man, they they they're entertaining. Um, they talk good football. Um, and most most of all, I, I love going in there just to laugh. Like they literally crack 100%. me up, man. Yeah. Um. So there's a couple other things, right? I don't want to. I want to go straight to the re- keep going receiver before we talk quarterback room, right? Danny Gray is having a good start to minicamp. He had a good start to minicamp, and then he had some flashes at OTAs. Is this where we finally see Kyle's offense have that deep threat? Um, and the crazy part is, is I don't even think Danny Gray, in the sense of the deep threat, I think what he's doing on the underneath routes and route running ability right now is what's more impressive to me than the deep speed. That's interesting because, I mean, obviously I haven't heard too much on the Danny Gray front. And here's where I'll be a little bit of a, not necessarily a downer. I just, I I tweeted this out maybe a week or so, a week and a half, two weeks ago. I think Danny Gray is still more of a 2025 guy. I think that he he provides a unique skill set. I agree with that portion. I just think with the way that the 49ers are currently uh, uh, currently standing at the receiver position, you've got Ray Ray McLeod there, who I don't think is going to be cut, despite some people saying no, that no. could be an option. I think he provides too much value. And Jawan Jennings, I think both of them provide value in what the roles that they had last year. Could Danny Gray be integrated into some of those packages? Absolutely. I mean, he provides the best deep speed that you have. And if his route running, which is the thing that, um, despite him being my draft car, one of my draft crushers last year, said I need to, he needs to improve on that. If he improves on his route running, that could be a big portion of it. But right now, I'm still pegging him as more of a 2025 guy. I think he really blossoms into that role once this next free agency cycle hits, when Jawan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod get bigger deals elsewhere or look to get more opportunity elsewhere, Gray blossoms into that slot guy um, as his route running continues to be more refined. Yeah, and from what I've heard is his route running looks a lot better than it did last year. Last year, it was literally straight speed. Like He right. really wasn't a route runner. He's, his breaks were very rounded. He's using his speed to try to beat people. Um, wasn't strong. Uh, from what I'm hearing, his route running looks better. His strength looks a lot better. So for me, that's what I'm talking about. Today, he did have a deep catch. Um, it was third and eight. Um, Trey Lance hit him over the middle over like a 15 to 25-yard pass. Um, he caught it, cut, cut across the field, and just burned by everyone. Like In a game, it would have been a touchdown. Um, some, are, some don't count it because technically he might have gotten touched. Or they, oh, we don't know. Play is called dead, whatever the case may be. But it would have it most likely would have been a touchdown, if not at least a fifty plus yard play. So he's yeah. he's making plays. Last year he wasn't doing that. Um and that's that's the exciting part. Um and yes, he is running a lot more um Danny Gray is running more post routes. He's also running a lot of um digs. Um so from for me, that's the most exciting part. Um because the Niners offense, if you add a the speed element, um you need whether it's Brock Purdy, but a speed element with Brock Purdy's um, timing, um, the speed element with a, a arm like Trey Lance or Sam Darnold's, that's where it gets kind of exciting because we get finally get some explosive right. plays that we haven't seen in a very long time in Kyle's offense outside of 
the quick Debo bubble screens or the Brandon Ayuk routes. Like, if you start expanding the offense with more playmakers, whether it's a receiver three, receiver four, every once in a while, the offense only opens up even more. Um, and to go on to what you were saying about Ray Ray, I don't think Ray Ray's um, cut or traded or anything like that because if anything happens to Debo Samuel, if Debo has to miss a week, a week or two, Ray Ray could run those those plays, those he's quick the screens. Yeah, he's those, definitely the insurance. Yeah, so he could be that running back hybrid that the 49ers use Debo Samuel as. So I don't think Ray Ray is going anywhere at all. Um, I, I think, do want to ask you one thing, though, about the receivers. Gray, good returner in college, right? Do you mm -hmm. think that they expand his role in that regard? You leave Ray Ray to one side, punt or kick, and have Gray run the other? Or do you think that they're pretty, pretty comfortable with McLeod running both kick and punt return this next year? I mean, I think you could. Um, it makes sense to allow allow Danny Gray to get his hands on a football every once in a while, whether that's um, kickoff. I, I would prefer him in, in, in kickoff um, because he's able to use his straight speed uh, more. Um, I don't really see him as a guy who's very shifty like Ray Ray in the sense uh -huh. of punt return. You want to be a little more shifty than fast. Yeah. Um, and I, I could see Danny, the moment you start getting the hands, the ball in Danny Gray's hands, right? Uh, we saw it last year um, during preseason. Um, they used Ray, uh, Danny Gray on end arounds. They used him on the deep routes. He got his hand on, on a end around. And right after that, he kind of started picking up some some confidence. They stopped using him on in that kind of role. And his confidence went down. Like, and he kind of just went away from, from for the rest of the season. So um, I think the Niners should use him on end arounds. Um, just get, his, get the ball in his hands real quick um, where he could use his speed. Um, so I, I would use him as a kickoff returner in the sense of, you never know what happens in the NFL nowadays. Um, the speed burns. You look at the the kick returner in Dallas. He's not that not a, a good receiver really, but right. he's so fast that it's hard to keep up with one cut open field. You're kind of gone. Like you really, you're not going to keep up with the four three three speed. Um, so that's something interesting. I could definitely see kickoffs. Uh, Steve Supremo said what kickoffs? Um, I think he's saying. I don't know what he's saying right there. Walk, oh, he's off. talking about the new rules, I think. Just throwing a jab at the new rules. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I still think every kick returner is going to return kicks. I don't think it's going to change. The only thing it's going to change is, for example, so that new kickoff rule, what it's going to change is if back in last year, what teams were doing was they were kicking it high yeah, short around like the three-yard line, five-yard line. What it was forcing kick returners to do is get under it and force to return it, and they were getting closer to the 20 to 25-yard line but it was causing more turnovers because you're coming faster by the time you start to actually run. Um, now what they can do is just fair catch it. They get the ball at 25. So it's going to force them to actually kick it deep, and it's still going to keep the same amount of returns and, um, from what I believe um, based off the what I've seen from college. So I shouldn't be worried about that. Um, so receivers, they're looking good. No one could cover Brandon Ayuk. Debo's coming into camp um, in shape. Um, Jawan Jennings had a touchdown um, from Trey Lance. Um, Danny Gray had another touchdown that, that we're going to count. Well, two quarterbacks had a play today. They threw the ball. Actually, three quarterbacks. Brandon Allen played uh, play two. We not really even talked much. That's probably the quarterback that Kyle Shanahan secretly falling in love with um, that no one wants to um, talk about. But Let's talk quarterbacks. Yeah, let's talk let's quarterbacks. quarterbacks real quick. An and it'll be a quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. No, nah, I, I mean it was an interesting day. So let's 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 go ahead. Let's go ahead with the quarterbacks. 
So quarterbacks went to red zone period, and this is all numbers and reports that we are going to be using from other um, sources. And I'll, I'll go straight. Um, I don't know what stats you're looking at, um, but most people aren't going to like who I use um, for this stat. The reason why I'm using this guy is because uh, he tends to be more reliable. Uh, when I was at camp, when, when I'm there, what I do is I chart. Um, I match up who mine match up to better. So when I'm not at OTAs and I'm not at minicamp, I know who I, I could rely on. And yeah. for the most part, Grant has always been closer on charting numbers than everyone else because they either they don't count that throw. Even though, So I count every throw that happens at OTA um, training camp because you can't touch the quarterback anyways. So it doesn't matter. The receivers and the DBs keep playing. So you're looking at the, at the routes and all that stuff like that. So for me... I'm going with Grant. I don't know whose numbers you look at, um, but I would be interested to see uh, who you saw. Yeah, so, uh, Grant. Grant's a guy who I always look at. Um, today I saw a, a tweet from Barrows. It really is whoever pops up on the timeline, and then I do a comparison from the guys that pop up. Today Barrows is the guy who popped up with Grant. I'm not sure if Grant used both 7-on-7s um, and 11 numbers because the other ones that popped up seemed a little lower than his in terms of the totals. But regardless, they were similar. And so what were your initial takeaways from what you saw? I know we don't care too much about statistics, but overall, from what you saw with the quarterbacks. So what I did see was was Matt Barrows. He used um, – I, I, I do know because he well, he did put in 11-on-11s I had. Like he put specific in the only 11-on-11s. 11-on-11s um, he had uh, Sam Darnold 4-for-7, and then he had uh, Trey Lance 6-for-9. Um, Grant actually had – I'm um, not sure though if that's utilizing red zone play as well. So, I don't think it is because red zone, yeah. I believe, was seven on seven. That makes sense. That makes so, sense. So, so red zone, or well, including all practice. Um, Grant had um, Sam Darnold eight for ten, eight for thirteen with one dropped interception and a lot of nice touchdowns. I believe it was three touch, uh, two, two to three touchdowns. Um, Trey Lance had completed nine of fourteen passes. Um, he had a, the, obviously the, the touchdown that would have been the Danny Gray one. I want to say it was Sam Darnold three touchdowns to Trey Lance's four touchdowns. Um, now when we're looking at this, what the what I the takeaways I did get from guys like Matt Barrows, David Lombardi, and I I do read the guys even though I don't might not take what they're saying um too serious sometimes because I, I'm not there. I don't like to really use their information as my information um, because I do have someone there that. I could easily just text like, "Hey, what what right. are your thoughts?" Like, yeah, it's easier to do that than ask those guys for their information. Um, but what I saw from from everyone that was reporting was Trey Lance looked much better than than he did last open practice. Um, a lot more decisive, pushing the ball downfield um, during the red zone period. Um, he had a few nice throws to I want to say at least one to Jennings um, that was. Something we've never seen, I shouldn't say never seen, but something we hardly see from Trey Lance. Um, he threw with anticipation, threw the ball at the back pylon um, before Jawan Jennings was even out of his break um, touchdown. That, to me, is the anticipation that he's throwing with now. Even a pass that my guy texted me right away was to Brandon Ayuk. Um, he threw with anticipation. Um, ball was on the money. Brandon Ayuk made a nice uh, move, kept going. It would have been about a 35-yard play. Um, to me, that's what I'm impressed by. And I'm like, whoa. I, more than one play that we're hearing from anticipation throws. Uh, for Sam Darnold, I thought it was interesting because 
So on this basis, we were just on on Twitter with Davo, Trey, Roscoe's, and stuff like that. They mentioned one dropped interception from uh, Denomino Lenore. Well, I heard it was more than one dropped interception on Sam Darnold's part. Grant reported one dropped interception. Jack Hammond reported one dropped interception. Uh, from what I heard is there was multiple plays that could have been intercepted. Not dropped interceptions. Multiple plays that if there was pads and it was a live practice, they would have been interceptions. To me, that's what kind of is, is interesting because Sam Darnold went from seven on the sevens, which was red zone period, looking very efficient, very sharp, everything, knew where he wanted to go with the ball, to 11 on 11s, started off all right, and then went downhill. To me, that's kind of the same Sam Darnold we've always seen yeah. throughout his career. Right? Like, red zone looks fine. Seven on sevens, he's always like, like an elite thrower. I mean, he has the arm talent. Seven on sevens, you're going to look elite. 11 on 11s came into play, and he struggled. So to me, to see that, um, that's kind of interesting. Uh, he didn't push the ball downfield as much as Trey Lance. Now, to me, that's that's where I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to see is which quarterback isn't afraid to make the mistakes. Because the quarterback that is afraid to make the mistakes is going to be the quarterback that makes the mistakes. The fact that Trey Lance layered a throw over a linebacker on one of the passes to Danny Gray, to me, I'm like, wow, like that's something that is impressive. Like what we're hearing from Trey Lance and, and Sam Darnold during these these last few days, Sam Darnold pl- might have played better, and he did play better the other open practice today. It sounded You're like saying Trey in Lance, OTAs. You mean though in OTAs in OTAs. Yeah. One of the so. I wouldn't say throughout the entirety of OTAs because from what I heard, Trey Lance looked better throughout the entirety of OTAs. But for the uh-huh. open portion to the media, Sam Darnold looked better. Got so uh, for at least for one of those practices. The other one was 50-50 toss-up. You could you could give to either or. Um, so for me, that was, was interesting. Um, what were your takeaways and your thoughts from what you've read and what you've heard from people you talked to? Yeah, I mean, overall, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, today was an interesting day. What I read, red zone period, it seems like it was seven on sevens. I couldn't confirm. Red zone period, I could confirm red zone period was seven on sevens. Yeah, again, here's my personal preference. I don't take as much from seven on sevens, understanding the, obviously, how different it is in terms of the football kind of portion, like how different it is in terms of, uh, from being 11 on 11s, but still, there's still stuff to take away. Seemed like both quarterbacks had their moments in the red zone period. I think Donald reportedly threw three touchdowns. Lance had a couple of nice plays as well. And then in the 11 on 11 period, the other portion of it seems like Lance had a nice air it out to Danny Gray, a nice play to Brandon Ayuk. Um, seemed like he was the better quarterback today based on some reports. But overall, day one, you see tomorrow. Lance plays with the, with the first team tomorrow, Darnold plays with the second team. Uh, remember, Darnold was first team today. Lance was second team. Obviously, you understand the drop-off between the first and second team. So, is it sustainable? We'll see that tomorrow. But, but the thing is, though, oh, is... Go ahead. Is, like I said this I said this the other day in the space. I don't really like to say first and second team because it's not training camp yet, right? I like, know. I know. There's I really know. no yeah. O-line. Like, we don't have Trent Williams there. All the receivers are mixed in and out. So, for example, George Kittle's running with the twos at times. Brandon Ayuk is running with the twos. So, like, realistically, is is they're going up against the same people. They're throwing to the same people. So, what we see is even though it's ones and twos, and that's why it was, it was interesting 
on a comment that Kyle Shanahan said today. He goes, well, the competition don't start until training camp. I really don't. To me, that's when the competitions really start because they actually have pads. They're actually going with the true ones on the offensive line against the ones on defense. So it really isn't ones versus twos yet, as I said the other day. So I wanted to clarify that because if it was ones with one, if, if Sam, Sam Ronald was only with the ones and Trey was only with the ones, Trey wouldn't be able to throw to guys like Brandon Ayuk right now. So that to me, that's that is an where, important um, clarification. That is a very important clarification, and that is even in camp. Sometimes you'll see the mixing in and out mm-hmm. um, where the second team will play with the first team and things like that. So it is important to note. But I mean. What I'm looking for now is consistency. How can uh, which quarterback can deliver the consistency? And it'll be an intriguing it'll be an intriguing battle, 100%. I, I think it'll be an intriguing battle, and I'm 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 excited to see obviously which quarterback prevails in it. But we talked about one thing, and that it was going to be more of a competition. It seems like Kyle Shanahan wants to make it more of a competition. Um, and he, he he's actively doing that with the quarterback rep distribution, with the way that it's being conducted. And so that's something I'm excited to see because I thought it was important to have, while I don't know if I'm as big of a fan of Sam Donald having a significant portion of first team reps, before training camp, I don't really care. I don't. And so I just, I, I'm excited to see the competition because I think it'll bring out the best in both players. So, but to, to, I'm gonna just call you Hammer. I don't want to butcher your, your, the the first part of the name, but Potobo Hammer. Um, how do you feel as feel about George Kittle said about Trey and Sam? I didn't see what he said about Sam Darnold, so I, I want to know what did he say about Sam Darnold because I know what he said about Trey. Do you know what he said about about Sam? I don't. I only saw the quote because they weren't live streamed. They weren't. I live. only know. I only have what Shanahan said overall. Um, I have that recording. I don't know what uh, he said about um, Sam Darnold, but let's start with the Trey Lance portion while he types in whatever uh, uh, Kittle said about Sam Darnold. What do you think about that? I thought it was interesting because I know earlier I was messing with with Roscoe. I was like, oh, it just you know because like, the comments we said over there and stuff. But what the way what I saw from it was it was interesting because you don't really hear George Kittle talk like that about the quarterbacks unless it's they're that like you're like okay yeah they're great we win right and he's like well he looks much better i'm not gonna lie to you guys he looks much better he's coming on my my tight end you thing like to me that was awesome to hear like okay now he's starting to get some praise from his guys like mm-hmm. that builds your confidence as, as a player like especially a young player who struggled gone through a lot he's probably like hey damn damn that's trending now whoa whoa because even right away george kittle goes yeah uh yeah, you know, he misses some throws. Yeah, I see you guys post them. Everyone does. It's practice. Like, pretty much like it's Don Otero. He's still working on things. And right away, like, every like, right away that it went viral. Um, Oh, he kind of just brushed Sam off in a sense. Interesting. Interesting. That is interesting. I, I, I'm going to now, I'm going to go um, call someone that I know that was actually there um, for the media um, portion. And I'm gonna ask him what happened. What is your what was your take on it? Because if people are saying that he kind of brushed off Sam Darnold, that is interesting. That is interesting. So now we're thinking of it, right? If he's brushing off Sam Darnold, and I'm I'm this is now this is me speculating because I, I I don't have and I I'm trusting what uh, Potobo Hammer's saying. 
is me speculating. If he's brushing off Sam Darnold, how fast until he goes to Kyle Shanahan like he did with Jimmy Garoppolo to defense of Jimmy Garoppolo, right? He defended and it's public knowledge he defended Jimmy Garoppolo. Common it's common knowledge. How fast does he go to to Kyle and say, hey, you cannot let Sam compete? Trey and Brock Purdy compete. I don't know. I don't know. I, I uh, That's an interesting one. Um, obviously, brushed off Sam in a sense. We'll wait for the context on it. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because he did say Trey Lance looks a lot better. My understanding of it is he looks a lot better. One, he's healthy. He, he isn't dealing with any, any yeah. extracurricular things. And two, he's getting a full offseason. And the mechanics, obviously, we saw a little bit of a change. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it seems like the confidence is there. So it's a good sign. It's a good sign for sure. So the biggest biggest portion, right, too, um, looking at everything. So we, we talked a little bit about Debo. We talked a little bit about um, Danny Gray, Brock Purdy, Nick Bosa, Sam Darnold. We haven't talked about Brock Purdy yet, but that's coming up. Yeah. Okay. So report comes out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna take a little rant real quick. Okay. I love Matt Mayoko, but he reported that the timeline was set for August 21st. Okay. Writes an article up. Looked like a looked like a report. I didn't see no opinionated words when I read it initially. I, I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I was looking just because I was scrolling through, reading real quick. I didn't see many opinionated words. It sounded like it was a report. Yeah. A lot of fans, a lot of people who are content creators, they use that as a report. August 21st is when he should be ready, which is 20 days before the season starts for week one. And then he comes out and says, that's not a report. That was my that was an opinionated piece. Don't take that as a as a report. What did you take from not one, but both of what I just said, right? The report and then him coming out saying that was an opinionated piece. Opinionated piece, not a report. Well, I'm going to pull it up right now. Um, The reason that I was interested in Mayoko's response is that the initial tweet for the article, that's the one that I saw. I didn't see anything after that, but the initial tweet of the article said is down. the recent vibe coming out of 49ers headquarters suggests a belief that Brock Purdy is the favorite to be the team's starting quarterback when the season opens September 10th at the Steelers. Now, I can understand how you interpret this in two ways, but the interpretation, first of all, the words 49ers headquarters, the vibe coming out of the 49ers headquarters. That's a report. Yes. I can understand what he init- what he ends up meaning at the end, but I think it's a mixture of both. And because he's saying the vibe coming out of 49ers headquarters, I- I'm assuming what he, Hold on, quick I'm assuming what quick he meant is so- Shanahan and Lynch's comments on the confidence. And this is a way to stir it up a little bit because, I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. When you're writing articles, you're trying to get – We're both – so we're both credentialed. We're both credentialed, right? We both talk to head coaches. We both talk to players, um, right? If you get a report – would you report it as a report or an opinionated piece? It depends. I, I can report it as I can because I, but because you're not gonna, but then using if it's a report dates, or an opinionated piece, I would use the report in my opinionated piece anyway. But you're gonna but you're gonna elaborate on that. You're Correct. not gonna be like, oh, coming from coming from Wisconsin headquarters, speaking to Coach Fickle, right? You're not gonna be like you're not gonna like you'd use whatever sound... they say to just continue. yeah yeah. 
because I know, I know, I would, I know this, I, I know, I want it. And if it's a report, I would report what what I heard, the actual report, and then I give my opinion. I was like, and what I think from this is, right? He gave it a specific, he gave specific dates, gave specific coming from the 49ers headquarters. Right. For me, that's what was wild. But I mean, yeah, it, it was certainly interesting. I don't know. Like, I'm not a speculation person, right? I'm not too big into that, but I do wonder whether he was told to retract something that he was uh, stated because all these dates, nobody else has gotten any, uh, gotten a hold of the dates, right? May, what was it, May 29th and then August 21st, 12-week period. Um, and so I think he tried, I think Mayoko tried to make it sound as much of a, uh, as much of an opinion as possible, but based it off a something like a report obviously he retracted it i'm not a i'm not a speculation person maybe it was purely to try you know obviously you you word in a certain way you get a little more clicks that i mean you're supposed to do that as a journalist and so maybe maybe it's maybe it's something around that but yeah i mean it was certainly an intriguing twist last night when i'm reading um when i'm on the timeline and then you see matt mayoko commenting on something saying uh this is not what i said so what I what I want you guys to do, everyone, I appreciate everyone in the comment section. If you're tuned in to Clutch Gene Sports personal uh Clutch Gene Sports YouTube channel or you're on Rohan's personal channel, go to either one. So if you're on Clutch Gene, go to Rohan's. If you're on Rohan's, come over to Clutch Gene, hit the subscribe button to both channels so you're always subscribed to both of us. Um Rohan does a lot of his personal stuff. I'm gonna start doing a little bit more. Um so for me, Rohan, I have a question for you. Um do you think, and I know you're not a speculation person, but I have to ask this question because I brought it up. Did the 49ers ask Matt Mayoko to backtrack on what he initially reported? Because I'm gonna I'll give you my take on what I just took from that, like from that situation. Do I think that the 49ers asked it? What I'll say. Yeah, do you think you you think he was addressed by because obviously PR is all over things, right? Guarantee you, PR is always telling people, telling these reporters, "Hey, take that down." Hey, that video you posted of Trey yeah. Lance, the video you posted of of uh, Brian Greasy, I've been looking for those videos, can't find them. No, I uh, what I what I would say you know is, I mean? yeah, I know what you mean, but what I would say is, um, I, I do believe so, and the reason that I say that is, I think that I mean, first of all, the 49ers have been very cautious. Brock Purdy specifically has been very cautious when discussing the timeline and his potential return date. They don't want to put a return date on it. Why? Because there could be, again, this is an unprecedented process, right? I know the 49ers faced it with Mullins, but this is your franchise quarterback. They don't want to, you don't want to stress it out too much. You don't want to make sure you want to make sure that everything is done properly, correctly. And so to me, I think that, um, you know, I, I think it was in a way uh, retracted just to ensure that, you know, there's a, a little bit of a blanket in case. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So obviously those timelines aren't met as the 49ers have operated this entire offseason. I I absolutely agree. I think shout out to Sersky. Um I do think the 49ers said, Matt, you overjumped the gun. We gave you that information. Someone gave you that information in our building. You were not supposed to put that out. We don't want, and it could, and I, I agree. I think it's because they don't want to put a timeline on Brock Purdy's recovery to, like time, right? You want to give him as much as he needs, right? Now, he's ahead of schedule, which is great, but I also think, the way it sounds, and, I'm, and this is me taking Kyle for what he says, John Lynch for what they say. Okay, you don't want to take a eight games isn't enough for a quarterback. Four games isn't three or four games isn't enough for a quarterback to say what they truly are, right? So you're looking at both of them. It's like, well, my, so let them compete. The better man wins the job in training camp. Now, Brock Purdy has the edge. But if you're truly going to let them compete, this allows you to actually let them compete in training camp without one of them being the starting quarterback. Because That's he fair. said the starting quarterback. That's play. fair. And I'll say this: this is just this is nothing to do with what Mayoko. Well, it is, but nothing to do with the report aspect. If Brock Purdy is ready by August 21st or 21st, sorry, not 21, 21st, he's the starter. He's the starter. I, I I think that when you talk about August 21st to believe start day is September 9th, I think that gives like them, 20 days. I think that gives them ample time. And I think honestly, that might be what the 49ers want in that, you know, that's leading up to the third preseason game. I don't think he'd play in that game, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. If he doesn't play in the preseason and then uses that extra two weeks, or it's essentially three weeks of practice time, including that week going to the pre uh, going into that last preseason game. You get three weeks of practice to integrate yourself back in. I think that that's ample time. Now, do I think Brock Purdy hits the August 21 timeline or 21st timeline? That is what I'm not sure. That's why I think there's still a feasible shot that one of the other two quarterbacks starts week one. And and I agree. So, like, I thought that was interesting um, because it, it, that was a little interesting. Like, it it kind of, like, had an uproar on, on stuff, right? Um on at least on the Twitter timeline. I wanted to ask you a question. It has nothing to do with minicamp, nothing to do with any players. How much longer do you think John Lynch is going to be the 49ers general manager? Ooh, this is an interesting one. Out of the blue. And one that we've talked about on camera and off camera 
for probably the past year. I think that this is his last year. I think this is his last year as the 49ers GM, probably in a mutual decision or by choice at the end of the year. I agree with you. Now I have a follow-up on that because, you know, a journalist has to have a follow-up. Do you think this could be impacting how John Lynch is treating the quarterback situation or how he thinks about the quarterback situation? In what way? For example, he knows this is last year. What quarterback gives me the best Uh, chance right now versus what quarterback gives this team the best chance now and in the future? Absolutely, but I'll also add that to import another portion. I don't think John Lynch is the only guy thinking like that. I think Kyle Shanahan's thinking like that, understanding that this year might be his best shot at winning a title because you might have to make some key decisions on your core set of offensive skill position players next offseason. So I think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are both thinking like that. Now, I saw this interesting blurb, and I'm not going to necessarily connect the two, but Grant Cohn posted out how Brock Purdy and Robert Griffin had very similar injury timelines in that they missed the preseason, were slated to start, and that was the year that Griffin really got hurt, I believe, and his career ended up. Mm -hmm. uh, And I'm not going to say that they're similar. Completely different uh, play styles, different injuries, but I do think that there is a sense of urgency with the 49ers this specific year to put out the best quarterback option out there, which is why I also think the quarterback competition, I, I, I don't think there's as, like, when we talk about the quarterbacks and how Kyle Shanahan has dealt with them in the past, I don't think there's going to be as big of a, how do, how do I say it? Um, big leeway, as big of a leeway, understanding that if quarterbacks are similar to each other, if let's say Lance starts week one, if he struggles, he's out. Uh, you've got Purdy. Let's say you rush Purdy back and have him start week one. Doesn't look good for the first four weeks. I think that there's a shot they pull him and play Lance or play whoever ends up winning that competition, which I anticipate to be Lance. That's the way that I think about it. And I think that it's a very intriguing point, right? Because this might be Lynch's last year, but I also think this is Shanahan's best chance to prove that he can win a Super Bowl, at least in you know uh, by the time that is contract expires i think this might be his best shot and i think there's an urgency for both sides i agree um with parts of it right in the sense of i do think this is kyle shanahan's best chance at a super bowl but i don't think kyle thinks in the sense of well i gotta let go some player key players next year i think kyle's so um much of an offensive-minded coach where he's like, well, yeah, this player is great, but I made Debo Samuel. I made George Kittle. I I made Brandon Ayuk, right? Like, he has that mentality, in my opinion. And, and it shows on – Yeah. And, and I, show, I think it shows as he as, as, of him when he coaches, right? Um, So I think he could also be in the sense of he could be thinking long-term future, right? That's why he wants the quarterback competition because he knows – I have so I have five years on my on my contract. Jed, he got rid of Jim Harbaugh. Fan base got pissed off about that. He ain't getting rid of me. I've been to two NFC championships. You know what I mean? Like it to me when I, like lately I've been thinking I'm like man, because it does sound like it's two different. Like the, I, if, to me, it sounds like the front office is split in a way because you hear John Lynch talk and he's if, at first he was Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. Now he, then he changes up to we want a quarterback competition after the fact. After Kyle Shanahan already said we're gonna make it a quarterback competition, so that's what that's where I'm coming from on this because lately it's like man, like it sounds like it's a quarterback competition, 
because Kyle said it, John's saying it now, they're splitting reps, um, stuff like that. But then before, John Lynch was for certain that it was Brock Purdy 100% the way. And and to me, it, it never sounded like Kyle Shanahan was fully convinced, even though the play was really, really good. Um, that's where I'm coming from. I know we have plenty of you in here um, that are watching. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, that like button. Uh, we want to see as many likes as we could possibly see on, on, on these videos. Um, we appreciate you guys. It helps with the YouTube algorithm. Um, kind of helps us get seen a little bit more. Um, Rohan, any interesting conversation, any interesting topics from minicamp, OTAs that you've been wanting to talk about recently? Yeah, I mean, uh, one other thing, right? We talked about this quarterback talk. And this is um, something – remember what you brought up in the space, at the end of the space, um, and – ooh, I'm forgetting off the top of my head that I said we could save for the podcast. Dang. It was a quarterback talk too, and maybe we covered it. But if we're talking specifically, you know, ending up on this quarterback kind of uh, kind of debacle, I think that when we, when we talk about the way that it's going – and I like the way that you brought up, right? Kyle Shanahan understands that he might have a little bigger, bigger of a leeway. I still don't think that there is a sense of urgency from him this year, not because of necessarily the drama that might ensue with his job, but more so the determination in himself to get over the hump because that's the one thing he continuously gets characterized upon, the guy who can't win the Super Bowl, the guy who blows that lead. You know what I mean? I absolutely agree with you on that because, like, he's starting to become um, more apparent that he notices it now. Like, I know he says, "Oh, I don't, I don't read anything on the social on social media. I don't do anything." My wife tends to show me. Uh, you think your wife doesn't see what people are saying about you and tell you, "Hey, babe," you know they they think they, you know what I mean. Like realistically, I guarantee you, his wife is telling him, "Hey, they they think you're a failure. Um, you got to win one this year." I get it. I mean, she might not, but if she shows him what the media says or what fans say, because he says he sees he sees it, or Kyle has a burner account on Twitter, and and no one no one's found it yet because it kind of sounds like he does. Um, but for me, I think Kyle Kyle has a few years. Like he doesn't have to rush anything. Like he knows it. I think also the fact that he went deep into the playoffs with Brock Purdy. I also think that could be a, a, a deciding factor on in the sense of I don't need a great quarterback. I could wait with Trey Lance. I could win with the quarterback that I could develop. I could win with Brandon Allen. Like realistically, like he that's like right, like I just won with Brock Purdy. Like so like realistically, that's where I'm kind of going with the way I've been thinking lately. Like, does Kyle really think he ha he has the leeway to to develop someone right now. That's why he brought in Sam Darnold. Like, what's the reason to bring? If you're a win now mode, what's the reason of bringing in Sam Darnold? I mean, I I think that it is. I think it is insurance. I think that it's you know shooting a couple of a apples like or whatever the saying is. You know, I I think it's just getting a, a couple of shots at it. And I also think it's just in sh because you have a hedge on Lance. You have a hedge on Purdy. 
with the guy that Sam Donald's there. And also, just a little more, you know, if by any means that it does work out, guess who's going to be credited with reviving Sam Donald's career, right? Like, if... if Brian Sam, Greasy? No, it'll be Kyle. Brian Greasy, I guarantee... The way Brian Greasy spoke before that inter- those, that interview came down from everyone's YouTube, it sounded like he was he is going to take credit for it. I did that. He might take credit for it, but I do think that, like, if you're talking about national media and things, who's getting the credit for it? It's going to be Kyle, right? Like, yeah, every, it would. All the narratives. I, I I even saw some Mike Martz article today come over how Sam Donald could be the next guy because it's Kyle Shanahan. You know what I mean? And I, I think it, yeah, this comment's funny. First of all, has Brand Allen been perfect in 11? He actually 11 wasn't today. He actually started oh. off with a couple of, of incomplete okay. passes today. But in the, in the red zone period? Oh, no, I think it was 11 11s. He started off and he missed a couple of them. Um, but for me, if Kyle was really all about getting that monkey off his back, right, in the sense of you can't win, why didn't he go sign a quarterback? Better than Jimmy, better than Brock Purdy, and Derek Carr. I know people are like, Derek Carr's trash. Derek Carr is better than both of those quarterbacks. He is, he is. That's true. He is. But I mean, money. That's that's my that's my ask. Like they could money. make see the one thing is is the, I mean you can make the money work. You can make the money worth, work. Is it worth it? For a ring? Yes, it is. And also, I, I don't know. I think that it, it was hard to compete with what the Saints, you know, offered in that way. You can make it work, but you're screwed for the next three years. So you essentially get one shot at it. And if it doesn't work out, you're screwed. And or even, I think that that's a move that could cost you your job. Or even if he's so desperate of winning. Why why sign Kirk why why not go trade for Kirk Cousins? Okay, I mean that's a good question. I mean that's a good question. Okay, like if he's like this this goes back to what I was what, what I was saying in that space before you came in. His mismanagement of the quarterback situation has been pretty, pretty well documented. And that's my biggest gripe with him, right? I mean, I'm a Kyle Shanahan guy. I've been Absolutely. that guy and I, I mean I, I, I've praised him as a head coach, as a pupils coach. I've praised him obviously as the coordinator kind of work that he does with the scheme, with the offensive uh, uh, mind that he has and all that. But the quarterback uh, like just the mishandling of the quarterback situation throughout his entire San Francisco career. 17, you trade for Garoppolo, even if it might be more Lynch, you, you pull the trigger on Garoppolo for a second round pick when you could have had Cousins for free for a very similar contract the next offseason. 2020, you don't get Brady. Instead, you stick with Garoppolo. Um, and obviously, you, you probably have a ring if Brady's on that team. Um, 2021, you draft Lance. And the way that, I mean, it's been handled the last few years. And seven years later, you still got this issue. You know what I mean? I told you people aren't going to agree with me. What that Slick 68 Brock says, yeah. no, he's not. Brock, though, it's Batak, is better than Carr. Carr just has a stronger arm. Um, I don't think so. I think Derek Carr is a much better quarterback than Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, you could, same thing that people say about Sam Darnold, right? The, the weapons he's had the past couple of years, not being healthy, De- uh, Deron Waller not being healthy, um, him with 
um, Devontae Adams pairing, but they're not having the right coach for him. So, like, you can say the same thing with Derek Carr. Derek Carr yeah, is a better true. quarterback. That's true. Then Brock. Then Brock and, and Sam Donald, right? Or, or are you saying and Jimmy? Jimmy. I mean, and Sam Donald. Jimmy. Even if it's Jimmy, yeah. I mean, yeah. Carr, Carr is an interesting case. I, I, I do think he's better right and now. And Kirk Cousins is better than Carr, Brock, Jimmy, and Sam. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's where I'm. That's where I'm confused. Like, but that that's pretty much what I wanted to ask because I, I know um, John Lynch might be on the last year, the last two years, maybe. So it's, an kind of thinking, like, topic. They... it's an interesting topic. How does that you know? How does that change the the mentality? The ne- and how does his influence kind of go along to the coaching staff and change how they approach that position too? Yeah, because like you're at this point, if this is your last year, you're all in. Go sign a big splash free agent, Javon Hargrave, when people weren't expecting that from you. Um, go now. You're saving cap, saving cap space. You might sign a defensive end that's still there. You might make a late trade before. Are you gonna go all in? Because if you are, it might be your last year. It might be your last year. Yeah, because I don't think true. I don't think he's the kind of guy that would go all in um, if it wasn't his last year. In the sense of he understands that. He has a team to build for the long run. That's his always from the beginning of him being in San Francisco. It's always been we're playing the long run. We want to be a dynasty and be in it every year, not in it for two years like the Rams, and then not be able to compete for the next four or five years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think that's a, a good a good point to leave off of right there. Um, makes you think, makes you question things. Um, we appreciate everyone for tuning in today. Shout out to my man, Rohan. Make sure you guys are subscribed to his personal channel. Uh, make sure you guys are following him on Twitter, at Rohan Chakrav. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to my channel, Clutching Sports. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Marco underscore Mark 1205. Make sure you guys all have a great day. Drink water. Stay hydrated if it's hot. Stay dry if it's raining in the Bay Area, because I know it was raining earlier. Stay dry. Rohan, appreciate you, my man. Hey, fun show. We out. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.